my mouth noises too a minimum, but um, yeah, I gotta shove whatever I can in my face right now. And right now it's that mandarin orange, so. <laughs> got my tea for our tea party. Oh, that was a good idea. I got coffee for our tea party because I would do that anyways, even if I had known it was a tea party, because I love coffee. Americanos. Mm. Gotta stay on brand. Right? <laughs> makes my brain function. I was very upset when I got to the coffee shop and there was a very long line because the lobby's open, then it's closed and open, then it's closed. <sighs> so I got out of my car and looked like a jerk. Well, everybody that's waiting in line already knows that the lobby is closed today and go try the door. And oh, look, the lobby isn't open. That's why the line's this long. <laughs> I wanted to hurt people. I was like, please, please give me my legal addictive stimulant so that I can go home. <laughs> and away from all these people. It's like, How's your day been? <laughs> How's your day been? Not bad. Not no. bad. Waiting to be done. Yeah. Well, how yeah. are you on Thanksgiving? You're hosting, right? right. Yeah. My, my, um, just for my household, but mm. like my turkey's pretty much defrosted. Mm. And I have to make pumpkin pies and probably chop the um, the mirepoix today so that I can make the sausage stuffing and the stuff that the turkey will sit on oh, when okay. I throw it in the oven. Um, yeah, so... You got it's this cool whole thing. better homes and gardens thing going on. I'm like, I got to stop and get some celery at some point <laughs> and throw some stuffing in a pot and cook it before I come down tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm crazy. I make sausage mm. stuffing. You're going um, to town, man. I, I used to do stovetop and then I, was, really? I made sausage stuffing once two years ago and I'm like, I like this. Yeah. I make a meal out of it the next day. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm doing from now on. Well, I'll be there in about six hours. So just <laughs> be ready, have a room set up, get a wig bomb built or whatever it is that however you want to. Because I'll come. <laughs> big ziti. Oh, God. But my big ziti also has a pound of Italian sausage and a pound of beef in it. Girl. So, like, when all is said and done, it weighs, like, 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, mac and cheese, sausage stuffing, mashed potatoes, mm -hmm. and corn. Corn is the universal vegetable that everybody eats. You know what? I have an awesome corn pudding recipe. I have – so, my grandma made this stuff called corn pudding, and it's basically just jiffy cornbread, um, creamed corn, whole corn, an egg – and a little bit of butter on top and you bake it. And it's like this, I don't know, just corn pudding. It's so good. It sounds disgusting, right? Corn pudding, but like, oh, oh my God, God, everybody loves it. I don't think I'm making it this year. Cause I didn't even, if our holidays are so jacked anymore. Yeah. It's like this thrown together thing. We just don't have that Norman Rockwell thing going on. No. <laughs> And especially not this year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, this year is just like, this is the most ridiculous year. I feel like we're all just phoning it in this year at yeah. some level. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the holidays and not because I hate the holidays, not because I'm like this stone hearted ice queen. I just, it's the socially what we put on ourselves and on each other is just too much. It's we asked way too much of each other. And that's why I hate this time of year. Exactly. It's just the, the expectations of we gotta, we gotta make all this food and we gotta do all these things. And like, mm -hmm. it, it, it just, it's so much. It is It's just so much. It is a lot of pressure, but it's like, it's pressure that we put on ourselves and then mm -hmm. feel guilty for not going all out like last yeah. year I decided to do Christmas just us mm -hmm. and um normally we have my parents and my aunt come over and last year I said I just want to do Christmas just us just mm -hmm. my house and nobody else yeah and I felt guilty like you know 
I had to work up the courage to actually tell them I'm not hosting Christmas this year and I don't want anybody to come over. Like you just feel mm-hmm. that. Hate that. Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. Like I, where I'm at right now and like with this job, my house has just gotten out of control. So I don't feel, but I'm almost to the point right now where I'm thinking, okay, right now is the time to get everything, the whole downstairs cleaned, completely purged of the junk of the year, um, ready to go. And I'm going to tell everybody, if you want to see us for Christmas, we're going to be here Christmas Eve. We're going to be here Christmas day. We're going to be here the day after Christmas. Like this, this is where we will be. And I will, I'll make everything. I'll make the dinner. I'll do whatever I need to do, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm not dealing with roads. I'm not dealing with hauling 6,000 pounds of Christmas presents into my house at the end of two days. You know, no, I just can't this year. Nope. I'm done. I get that completely. (laughs) I do. I'll, I'll get all the things. We'll, I'll make a whole big meal. I'll build a fire. It's a beautiful house. Like, but y'all got to come here because I can't. <laughs> it just, I'm done this year. After between just 2020 in general, the election, the pandemic, just all of the, it's, it, I'm, there's nothing left. Flaming pile of shit. <laughs> it is. But it's, see, this is something that I was thinking about earlier. Um, I don't know. I know it sounds really negative, but I don't know. I, I find humor in it and the humor makes it bearable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dark humor. I don't know. I It's not for everybody, but uh, I think it's the only reason I'm saying is like being able to look at it and be like, yes, this was a flaming pile of shit. And that's okay. We Let's just laugh about that fact instead of yeah. worry about it because <laughs> it is there, what it is. There were things that happened that... Um, that you can find funny. And then when strange little things happen, when you see people post on Twitter, like, hey, did anybody have, you know, strange metal monoliths showing up in the desert on their what? 2020 bingo card? No, like, no. Yeah, the bingo card. Like, oh my God. I should have been playing this year. I'd be like <laughs> rich. I'd be like the old lady. I got the bingo wings. So all I got to do is slap them now. I'm excited. I should have a bingo card. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's been a, you know what, but it, it, this whole conversation dovetails really nicely into Alice because the thing about Alice is that it's a story about growing up within a completely logically absurd environment. Um, and that's what I love so much about Alice in Wonderland. I don't know. What do you, what do you, you just watched it again, right? Yes. What, what thoughts did you have or what little bullet points, if any? Everything in that world was just so utterly insane. And I think like her brain did that because in her real world, everything had to be logical and orderly. And this is how you do things. And like, just the way that her sister was teaching her about the Norman conquest. Mm-hmm. It was so damn boring. Mm-hmm. Like so boring. Yeah. There were other ways she could have done that, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Battle of Hastings, <laughs> I, I am the one weird girl who has the Battle of Hastings like marked on my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> you. It's the day I, I share you. the memes. It's like, there's, there's, there's I took an arrow to the eye memes and yeah um, you're personally offended by the ineptitude of her sister teaching this so <laughs> like I would be I would be uh like that too <laughs> like you I'm would just be gonna go wander off to the river because mm-hmm. you're boring me now you're boring me now <laughs> yeah it's, but here's the thing. Here's the cool thing about, and I did watch, I watched one um, YouTube video. I'm not even sure what the context was. It looked like a professor giving a lecture. Um, and I will post a link to it because I'm, I'm drawing so heavily from it and I'm not quoting anything because I can't remember exactly what he said, but as I was listening and I'm driving, you know, I have like the YouTube thing where you can just shut your screen off and listen still. So I listen to a lot of lectures that way. And um, as I'm driving, like all of my own ideas are combining with his. So I'm going to just post the link to the video. Um, A lot of what I've come up with so far today um, has just been riffs off of things that he said. But um, the cool thing about Wonderland is that it's, it seems absurd. It seems like chaos, right? But 
it is still very stringently ordered. Like there are rules and there are rules that are inflexible, like the flowers. I don't remember. I'm trying to, cause I watched it even a little bit today, but it's so jumbled up in my head, but different encounters that she has, they are very ordered and the rules are very, very um, precise, but mm -hmm. they're, um, you can't even conceive of how to understand them. They're completely flipped on their head. They're just as stringent and just as strict and just as inflexible expectations and rules and boundaries in this crazy land. But there's no way to understand what they are because they make no sense. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that, that is how I feel as an adult, but that is also how I felt growing up as a kid. Does that make sense? And that is why Alice just trips my trigger every single stupid time. Do, do you remember watching it as a kid? What were your thoughts as a kid? Do you remember? I loved it as a kid because it was so strange. Mm -hmm. um, I remember actually going to see it in the theater. I think there was a revival sometime in the 80s. Yeah. And I remember going to see it. Um, and... I just absolutely loved it. And like, and I had it on, um, I had the story record. I had the, the music record. Um, yeah, I just, I loved the story so much. Um, the only part I never really liked was that damn caterpillar. The caterpillar. I Why did you hate the him? Caterpillar. Tell me, tell me, let's explore your issues with the caterpillar. I'm fascinated. I love this kind of stuff. Tell me why you didn't like him. He was so rude. Like, mm -hmm. he was just smug and rude. Like, mm -hmm. I'm smarter than you are, and and you're just this stupid girl. Yeah. Do you know what he was in real life? He was based on a philosophy major, I'm convinced. Like, on a college campus, just a philosophy major sitting there like, oh, you think you know. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, even his quote, who are you? And she has no idea. That's philosophy. He's like, I know something you don't know, and I'm not going to tell you, you know, <laughs> it's irritating as hell, as are a lot of philosophy majors. And I will admit, I would have been one if I could have, but um, <laughs> I would try not to be that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was just so like, she couldn't even quote the poem right. Mm -hmm. And um. And when she asked questions, he would get angry. And then she was just like, oh, I've had enough of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is nonsense. I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. When I turned on the movie, I was looking for a warning this time because Peter Pan, there was that big, great big old warning. Like we uh, sincerely apologize for everything that we were in the past. We've grown. Um, but this one, it just was very small up in the corner. It said campaign contains tobacco references. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I think it might contain more references. But the fun thing is that um, it was never intended to be like a, you know, a representation of drug culture or anything. It kind of, it was adopted by that culture, but that was never the intention. Um, do you know that it's written to entertain like three little girl, three little girls? Lewis Carroll wrote it to entertain three real little girls that were family friends or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And there was a real Alice, um, but that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I went and searched the poems last night. Um, oh, yeah. The, uh, the walrus and the carpenter mm -hmm. and um, your old father, William. Yeah. Or actually your old father, William was in the, book Alice in Wonderland but the walrus and the carpenter was in through the looking glass right yeah I see I I don't know enough about the through the looking glass to really talk about it um but I would like to go back to it because I've I've, I've heard from different people like weirdo people from the literature department like me like the English <laughs> department people they have this whole the differences between the two and it's like two different Alice's but I've never gone through and really looked at it so, but yeah, the, the poems are amazing and it's, um, I'm trying to think how I want to say this, like what I love about Alice to this day and what fascinated me and sort of scared me a little bit about it as a kid is, um, this idea of like dissonance, um, like 
Alice is kind of sweet and kind and adorable and sometimes, and then other times she's more like Tinkerbell. Like she's um, hateful or rude or irritated or easily frustrated. And so it's very much a tale of growing up. Yeah. She's the quintessential kid. Sorry, there's (laughs) lag. It's like when they talked about, um, was it the Cheshire cat that told her about, you know, if you go that way, that's the, the Mad Hatter is that way. She says, oh, I can't hang out with mad people. Yeah. I can't be around mad people. <laughs> and he's like, well, sweetie, let me tell you, you're shit out of luck. Because we're <laughs> all mad here. <laughs> or a little. He qualified it. We're a little mad here. I feel like... Oh, I don't want to make it too deep in like this whole thing, but I'm ha- I'm finding these connections between what I what I know about um, like trauma informed care and psychology and writing, and so like when we talk about trauma and how our environments affect how we grow up and how we view the world, very early development. Um, I felt like Alice as a kid. Um, my mom had a lot of like just profound mental health issues, but they were unrecognized and undiagnosed. So Wonderland to me is super representative of what it felt like growing up. I was being asked to exist and walk within this world that made no real sense. But I was being told that was normal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of how I see the world today. There's always this little tinge of like magic in the corner, like, ooh, this might not be that way because having to learn how to exist within the, you know, bell curve of what's normal, but growing up that way, way outside the bell curve, there's always that little tinge of what I learned back then and it never quite goes away. Exactly. (laughs) So... Class dismissed. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how. I don't know. I can't. I can't come down. I'm trying really hard to like, because I know I get way up here and my brain is doing all this stuff and I'm just translating it, but I can't make it translate for other people. (laughs) I'm bombing this one. No, you're working. (laughs) It's working. Is it? I don't know. Do you see, like, do you, did you feel that way as a kid? I mean, I know that I had a very different experience because of, you know, the environment where I grew up, but like, do most kids grow up kind of retaining a little bit of Wonderland or mixing it in with, as they grow up with their adult reality? I don't know. I I think like, I was in such a hurry to grow up kind of Mm -hmm. um and I was encouraged to leave the kid kind of stuff behind but I did like to kind of hold on to the Mm -hmm. the whimsy and stuff I guess you would say of of Wonderland yeah um I guess that's why I loved it so much because it was just that that little I don't know it, it just seemed like a fun place yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting to me that you describe it that way because I find it very stressful, but like almost I'm pulled toward it. Like I I I it's so easy for me to literally go down that rabbit hole. It's not a place that I want to be, but I sometimes find myself being. So I have a very different relationship with that sort of wonderland because I think wonderland isn't really a place. It's and this was in the video. He he specifically said that Wonderland isn't a place, it's a state of mind. Right. And I don't know that it's a state of mind that I particularly enjoy. So I'm always interested to hear from people who do enjoy it or choose to retain it because it's interesting to me. <laughs> I would love to just be a normal person. Like I would love to just be like stocks, Dow Jones, news, adult things, la la la, and not think about this kind of stuff. Like I would love to just be a normal person who has no curiosity whatsoever. No. So very much like Alice. I can't keep myself out of the rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> the waiting always makes me curious. Yeah. 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 I don't know. 
How am I, how, I feel like I'm way too in left field. Take the reins. Take it away from me, please. (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) this should also be a lesson in eating and drinking things. Just because there are labels on it, eat me, drink me, doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. Um, And it did take her a bit to realize that don't take a whole bite of something, just lick it to make a little bit happen. (laughs) She's working out her dosages. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A little dabble do yeah, Alice. (laughs) From personal experience, I will let you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I liked the the little lizard bill bill seemed like the most normal person yeah yeah in all of it <laughs> and he was a lizard was like, what's going on <laughs> and he was a lizard he was cute what they what they do with them they put him down the chimney or something didn't they they shoved him in the chimney did to um they wanted him to um to light a fire to smoke yeah out the monster yep um and Alice was like, no, <laughs> dude, I'm just, it's fine. I just got to come down a little bit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> at this point she's wearing the house as a hat. Yeah. Cause she's so big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is recognizable to me. I often feel like I, I have no concept of not just my body, but like my brain in relation to other people. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not communicating properly here. Let me trying to size myself and like orient myself to work within the world is, is always been awkward for me and, and remains. So <laughs> she managed it, didn't she? Like she started talking to her feet and like doing different. Yeah. She was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. I can, I'm, I'm okay. And I'm more like, oh, I'm too big. What's happening? No one look at me, you know? <laughs> I'm a monster. Yeah. 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 Like I was, I was looking at each character individually this time. Mm -hmm. And, um, like the, the first, the first person that you meet after the rabbit Mm -hmm. is the dodo. Yeah. And that dude, (laughs) that dude, did he just steamrolled over? everybody yeah and like what power did he have to make all those people have to you know march around that rock yeah get dry when they're getting wet because the tide's coming in yeah but it's all so that he can dry he's like i'm perfectly dry see look yeah because you're on top of the rock dumbass yeah but like (laughs) he just he got other people to to keep on getting wet Yep. So he could get dry. Like, what is <laughs> what is wrong with you? You're horrible. <gasps> dovetails nicely with my my kids and I are reading Animal Farm right now. So some dodos are more equal than others. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Bridget came in the other day, and she's like, "Mom, I have to write a first person narrative um, as." Napoleon and I'm mm. like oh okay so in my head I'm thinking Napoleon Bonaparte Bonaparte <laughs> so she's talking about Napoleon um killed Snowball or, or something to that effect and she's she's got and I'm like wait what mm-hmm. she's like animal farm and I'm like oh, oh. <laughs> hang on let me get my other notebook out real quick <laughs> I'm like I never read Animal Farm. She's like, you didn't. Like, oh my gosh, no. Are you gonna read it with her? You should read it alongside her. I probably should. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, now now this all makes sense. Yeah, like I'm talking about Napoleon, some completely different way. Yeah, that's a whole other kind of Napoleon. <laughs> Got to get into a different headspace here. <laughs> So what did she end up writing? You know, I don't even remember. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was I, behind me and she was just like, 
I, I, I gave her like a, a jumping off point, but for Napoleon Bonaparte, <laughs> it's like, but Napoleon was a dictator. And she was like, oh, so that makes sense. She mm-hmm. says, okay. So then she just went off and I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I guess I helped you. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> you, you seriously did. <laughs> Which is like <laughs> the queen of hearts. <laughs> yeah. What the, she always stressed me out. I was like, whoa, I can't yeah. tolerate her for too long. No, just like you will address me as yes, her <laughs> majesty. Like, why do we have to yell? Yeah. I don't, yeah. She was really aggressive and insecure. Yes. <laughs> like open your mouth wider and curtsy and <laughs> Speak up and really? Yeah. Yeah. She, well, what I love about her is that she's like a caricature of all of the absurd things that we tell children they yeah. have to do sit up straight, no elbows on the, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, why? You're a clown. Why should I, like, what does it even matter? And that, that is something that I have retained this like questioning of, um, whoops, sorry. <laughs> this, um, that was my orange bowl. I'm going to set it out of the way now because I'm a grown up. Um, questioning of these like inflexible social expectations. They've never made sense to me. They've always appeared to me like that, that woman queen of hearts. Yeah. And then like the, the Cheshire cat, I guess, trying to help her make sense or help her find the way. Like, Mm -hmm. I did like him. The Cheshire cat and the caterpillar. So the Cheshire cat is basically the caterpillar light. He's not the philosophy major who's like all blah, blah, blah. I know everything. He's the cool philosophy professor that is like, oh, I don't even want to teach you philosophy. And then all of a sudden, nothing. Oh, you want, you don't want to do anything but learn philosophy. He's that good, you know, Um, because he's helping her, but he's not giving her the answers. And he's um, guide. He's not even guiding her. He's um, helping her to guide herself. He doesn't tell her where to go ever. He doesn't tell her what to do ever. And so in a way, because Wonderland is so stressful of of an experience, he's almost frustrating to me as an audience member because I'm like, just tell me what to do. This is all so ridiculous. Why can't you just tell me? But he can't or else it wouldn't be helpful to begin with. Exactly. She wouldn't learn. And the point was for her to to learn along the way. For her to mature. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know. I love him and I hate him. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, would you just tell me what to do? Just please. But I'm like that. And even now as an adult, I'm like, I just want the easy answer. Can't there just be a guru who doesn't want me to get branded who can just give me the answers, but isn't a cult. Can't there just be someone who can tell me and there isn't. So I have to figure it out for myself and I hate it. <laughs> please, Just make it easy for me for one day. <laughs> it was like she just got so frustrated um when she got um what is it when the path disappeared mm-hmm. and um and she was just stuck in mm-hmm. the woods and she didn't know what else to do but just to sit down and yes and sing that song that we love that was the most beautiful moment in the whole movie because hmm i wish I wish I feel like that so often I get so stressed out and anxiety, you know, anxiety and depression go hand in hand, but for sure I'm more anxiety than I am depression. I'm just like, and I just, I need to be able to just sit down and stop. And I mean, I grew up in the woods. I know if you're lost, you just stay where you are because if you don't, then it's going to be three days of dogs trying to track you in circles. Just, just sit down, calm the fuck down, just sit down. But I can't, I never can do it. Until you know, I'm hyperventilating, and then I just fall down and pass out, <laughs> and I wake up, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> reset. Player one has rejoined the game. <laughs> yeah, so she she really needed that moment to to really to sit down and reset and think and calm down mm-hmm. and be like, why don't I listen to myself? Like. Yes. 
give myself very good advice and I very seldom follow it. Oh my God. She is my Twitter account. (laughs) This is just all I say on Twitter. (laughs) I mean, it's, she's exhaustingly relatable, (laughs) which is not good because she's 12 and I'm 37, (laughs) which is a bad thing. (laughs) I should be farther along at this point. But you know what? It's all good. Yeah. I think that's what I love about her. She's contradiction. She's wise and profoundly ignorant. She's grown up and very childish at the same time. And it's just, there's no reconciling it. And um, there's there's no reconciliation of the dichotomy is the, the many worlds that she encompasses, you know? Which I think it's also cool that they use the same voice actress mm-hmm. who did Wendy. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. They did? Deborah Beaumont. Yep. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yep, she did Has she ever done any interviews or talked about anything related to the stories or what made her want to do that? You know what? I, have, I don't know. I need to look that up. Sometimes the voice actors don't. They're just like, oh, the movie was really cool. And I loved being Alice. It was a lot of fun. But then other ones are like, no, I specifically chose this role because, you know, I'm curious if she has any thoughts. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a reason that Walt Disney chose her for both. Yeah. Or just that she was drawn to both, you know, because she would have had to agree to do it, even if they asked her. So, like, what, what drew? Maybe she's never spoken on it, but I'm always interested to know what draws actors um, into the roles that they choose to play. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what other crazy parts. Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh my god. <laughs> that's my brain talking to itself. That's just that's in my head 24-7. So now you understand why I am the way that I am. <laughs> I have a squeaky chair today, by the way. Sorry. If it's squeaking, I'm sorry. Yeah, there there are shawny times too. <laughs> Huh? There's funny times too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'm just arguing with a hyena in my head. I just, I love the the little um, the interlude into the walrus and the carpenter. Yeah, and um, just they were there were so many really cool songs in this movie, which yeah. is a great thing about Disney movies. Is yeah, the, are the songs. Yeah, and this movie was no. Exception, um, they don't get as much play, right? As you know, from other bigger movies, but there's such cool songs out of this movie, right? That being one of them, I, I just, I, yeah. I love cabbages and kings. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I know, I know. The writing and that was, was the poem. Yeah, I mean, the writing is just outstanding. It, I mean. And it's very, it reminds me again of Hunter Thompson. I'm a huge Hunter Thompson fan, but it's because this magical realism, this, um, any, any story that makes me question, is this, um, reality or is this a dream? And I'm okay. You know, it's kind of, it's considered a trope when you, the end of the movie, you wake up and it's all a dream. It's kind of like this deus ex machina thing, you know, you just resolve it. It's like, I don't know. It can be considered a cheap way out for a writer, but I like it. I like it because no matter what, even if the ending is not a surprise, the fact that they address that when you go in your own head, it is just a crazy place. It's just a crazy place. Our brains are just a wild place. And um, it's, there are no signposts and you're kind of on your own and it's dangerous and and weird and scary, but also fun and exciting. And um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wish we all could be aware of how cool our brains are. I'm fascinated by neuroscience though. I can't just blows my mind. Uh, that's your your last not this past column, the one before. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. about our brains just trying to um our brains are like it's a series of chemical reactions mm-hmm. and, and it's it's trying to make sense out of things and yeah it 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 tells us things that that 
are not true and, you know, makes up crazy things because it's a series of chemical reactions. And yeah. Like, so you have to understand like that that's what that is. Just mm-hmm. put it aside. It's not. Yeah. It's not reality. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy. I'm not into behaviorism at all. I'm not into, but it's fascinating to me that something so impersonal and unemotional and just biological can create the depths of emotion, the depths of despair and ecstasy that we feel can come from a pile of tissue with some electrical impulses going through it. I mean, there's no feeling whatsoever. And yet the, the depths and heights of our realities are, are born from. Yeah. Electrical and chemical reactions. It's, it's insane. That just, And people, I'm not religious at all. In fact, I kind of like to keep religion at arm's length for that reason, because I feel like if I, that to me is the magic that other people get when they read their Bible or sing their songs or do their rituals. Like that to me is magic. Our world is magic. It's just that it's magic in plain sight. I don't need it to be dressed up. Do you know what I mean? It's right there. It's just the little mundane things like that are magic oh yeah and that's why i love like like little shows like brain games and things like mm-hmm. that and you, you see the things like the tricks that your brain plays on you and like and now that researchers have figured these things out and they right. can, you know show you these things on the tv and then tell you why you see things a certain way or, yeah. or and it's like oh my gosh it's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> we need more we need more psychoeducation in that form because it there's so much stigma and stuff with mental health and there's, you know, why can't I just choose to be happy? Why can't I just choose not to focus on negative things? Well, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. And um, to make it a choice almost puts more responsibility on a person than, than they deserve. You know, I can't be responsible for how my brain works. Um, But to see them all, it's, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating to watch it happen. And I think if we had more, of that stuff like that, like, Ooh, check out this optical illusion. Secretly I'm teaching you about how your brain works, but, and if we could just impersonalize it and um, step back from it, the times when I have been able to talk myself out of like a crisis, like an anxiety attack or um, a, like a bout of depression that I can't get out of bed. It's when I'm able to say, wait, 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 this is my brain. I am not my brain. You know what I mean? Um, and I, then I feel a more in control of it because I realize it's not me. It's a part of me. <laughs> exactly. Like there's, there's whole other worlds. Up there. Yes. There's a thousand wonderlands in your own head. And that's what yeah. I love too. You know, the, the power of imagination to create worlds, the power of a writer. And it, I, I think Alice is cathartic for me to watch because as a writer, I do live with a thousand wonderlands and every, everyone has a thousand wonderlands in their brain. Right. But people who are artistic or writers or creative or just sensitive people, um, thoughtful people who can't help, but be aware of them. It can be really distracting. So to find, um, writers who deal with that directly in their work, which I mean, Lewis Carroll obviously did with Alice. Yeah, because there was just, there was so much, like chaos, I guess you'd say, like mm-hmm. happening just everywhere she went. There was just something like yeah. each one little part could have been a whole story on its own in itself. Yeah. But there was like five, six different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and every time you go back to revisit it, it could, it could be different. If she were to go back to Wonderland and encounter Tweedledee and Tweedledum, it could be a completely different interaction. Their moods could be different, you know, just like, Oh, our brains like one day everything's fine and one day everything's not. And it's because of, you know, chemical reactions and what chemicals are available and in our environment, how those, those reactions are triggered. And, Oh, it's just endless. We contain such endless multitudes. It's hard because I do get brought down and and stuck in them though. Just like Alice almost did in a lot of times she had to keep moving through the series of events and it, there were times, you know, like you said, when she sat down and she was like, I'm stuck here right now. But she was like, the only thing I know to do is this stupid idea, but I'm going to do it anyways. And that's how you have to get yourself out of those moments too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think, I think something had to come along 
to, I think maybe actually may have been the Cheshire cat again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, He was like the, he came in at the critical points of her character arc, you know? So he had to like snap her out of Mm -hmm. like, cause then you, you do like, when you do get stuck like that, you need that distraction. You're like, yeah, come on. Yeah. It's time to to get up, dust yourself off. Yeah. Let's go. Just ask you a question to make you see it in a different way. And then I'll, it, just to spark that curiosity, because curiosity is what keeps me going. You know, yeah. I would do nothing if I weren't curious or if I weren't interested in what might happen, you know? So, but sometimes you just get wore down and you need the Cheshire cat to show up and be like, hey, what if you thought about it this way? And then I'm like, oh, I'm on again. <laughs> Here we go. My brain is working. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do like him. He just is frustrating, but, and everything is so mildly, like there's this implied threat in everything there. And it's almost as if whether it turns threatening or not is how she interacts with it. You know, Yeah. any of the different scenes could have ended, could have been fun or could have been um, unpleasant depending on what she did or didn't do. The tea party I think of, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Like she had to, it, she resisted in the beginning, but then she just kind of like went along with it. Yeah. And when she went along with it, then it was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she still found it absurd, but it was still yeah. fun. Yeah. But then, I mean, I think in her head, she's like, okay, this is not really, <laughs> I got to ask some questions here. Like she's very, she's relentless in her, um, if something doesn't feel right, she's not able to just go with the flow to make it comfortable and easy for herself. She has to just, pop that hand up and ask the question for, for better or worse. And I recognize that in myself too. Like I can't just let something be um, like narcotically enjoyable. I have to question it. <laughs> yeah. like, um, oh, is it like the part where she's talking about um, Dinah, her cat. Mm-hmm. And when she mentioned the cat and the dormouse went nuts Yeah, and they're like, you got to catch him, catch him, put, put the jam on his nose. Like, what? what? <laughs> Why are we putting jam on his nose to calm him down? Like, what mm-hmm. is this? Yeah. <laughs> and the watch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Them trying to fix the 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 March hair, not the March hair, the white rabbit's pocket watch. Yeah. And the the you have to put the sugar in it. <laughs> and put the butter on it. Yeah. I know the jam, the jam. <laughs> Sorry. And then, uh, <laughs> and then they said, um, I got to put the jam on it. And then, oh, and then the March Hare was like, what about the mustard? And these two men had like, mustard? That's just ridiculous. That's absurd. <laughs> Sir. <Sure>. I'd say. <laughs> Yeah. Mustard is just a bridge too far. Yeah. It's, well, what kind of person are you? What kind of animal are you? <laughs> Mustard, my God. Get me more sugar, Scott. <laughs> yeah. There's, I just, I love that tea party. That tea party was pretty great. Yeah. I love the tea party. <laughs> But birthday thing, I don't, I oh, still gosh. can't, I can't understand. I can't understand the, the argument. I don't, I keep trying. I'm like, okay, this time I'm going to take notes. I'm going to understand the argument so that I can work through it because it's just this absurd, ridiculous nonsense argument. But I'm like, no, I'm going to make sense of this. And every time I'm like, they lose me within 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know whose birthday it is. And I don't care. I got to go. <laughs> On birthday. Wait, did they answer? Did they answer how a raven's like a writing desk? I don't think they did. Okay. I wonder. I wonder how a raven is like a writing desk. I've googled this before, and I can't remember what I came up with. But I also got frustrated and walked away. Is a raven like a a raven like a writing desk? Answer. Okay. Because it can produce a few notes, though they are very flat, and it is never put with the wrong end in front. What? <laughs> Dude. Well, no wonder the Mad Hatter was mad. Oh, yes. This is nonsense. I can't. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, the answer lies in the quill. Both depend, but they can never truly be captive. Oh my God. Who says this? Who solved this mystery? The guardian. The guardian? Yeah. Teach me your ways, guardian. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? Now I get it. It's the quill for that time period. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 1865. Yep. Quill pens. I'm trying to find out. Um, Virginia Woolf had a beautiful, beautiful quote about Alice in Wonderland that I really wanted to share. I don't know if I can find it or not. But basically, I can't find it. I'll find it and see if I can just um, add it into the show notes. But um, she had this quote that... Um, The thing about Wonderland is that once you've been there, you always know where the door is. And I love that because it's the same. Once you're aware of your mind and your brain, and um, once you're able to see it as as separated from who you are and yourself as a, just as a being, it's an element of you and you're able to, you're able to manipulate it. Once you realize that you're able to manipulate it, it seems so all powering, overpowering. Like I can't do anything about this. This is just the way it is. But once you realize that you can open a door and walk inside and maybe it's not going to end well this time, but you always wind up coming back out and you always can go back and try again. And I think that's why I love Wonderland so much, even though it's not a place I want to go a lot of the time it's a place where I'm going to find myself eventually for the rest of my life. I'm always going to be wind up down a rabbit hole and in deep in my own mind. So I always know where the door is. I just got to get back out, reset myself. And then I, I, I know I'm going to dive right back in. I can't help it. <laughs> it's like Alice. I give myself very good advice, but I seldom take it. That's my theme. <laughs> I should get that tattooed on my body. Cause it's the fucking truth. <laughs> t-shirt right (laughs) (laughs) I don't know and I think I actually have um books that I got when I was a kid that um that Disney put out and uh, I want to say they were like continuing adventures like Mm -hmm. um I'm pretty sure they were Peter Pan stories were like they would, you know, go back and visit for a little bit and okay. come back. And I think there were ones where Alice went back to Neverland to you know, visit people. Mm. Um, I need to look at those again because I think my, I think my mom gave me those and see what what her continuing adventures were because I loved these books were like from the seventies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're really they're really cool and like little short stories in them. And I just have to, I need to. I need to look them up this weekend and see, see if you can um, find them. If there were additional adventures in Wonderland, I'm yeah. pretty sure there were. It almost I'm seems sure like that would be one that they would have to include, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> so much could happen, you know, go back mm-hmm. and go back to the tea party and mm-hmm. have fun. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. I to wander through the woods. Yeah. I feel like the more times you return to Wonderland, the, the wiser you are each time. So the more, and not necessarily because if, if we're discussing, you know, the mind and overcoming, you know, um, things like depression or anxiety, obviously once you get there, it's almost like you have to realize again, oh wait, this is Wonderland. Do you know what I mean? Separation between reality and dream or the separation, you know, the boundary between the two worlds has to be realized once you've crossed it. You have to re-realize it. Exactly. But that's when you have power. So I don't know. Every time I every time I do go back into my own mind, I I feel like I I go in with a little more ammo, you know, a little more control. And that's why I'll never stop learning. It's like at the end when um when she's she runs back and she gets to the door and she's like trying to open the doorknob and he's like, you know, what are you what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to get out and he's like, or I'm trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You you are in. That's mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, look. 
And then she can see herself yeah. asleep. And then she's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really here. I'm not really here. It's like a fun house. It's like a, yeah. it's scary and weird, but it's, it's alluring. I, I can't not be attracted to and fascinated and curious, you know? There's so many metaphors in it for, for life, I guess. Mm-hmm. In the video, in the video I was watching, they were talking about how Lewis Carroll eventually, he was, he was a very dissonant person too. He also contained multitudes. He was this, but that, and this, but that, you know? Um, And so I think a lot of that went into the Alice in Wonderland might've been how he was trying to reconcile his own, you know, um, different parts. Um, But he, he wound up saying, I hate being recognized. I hate being called the man who wrote Alice in Wonderland and like people would write him letters to Lewis Carroll. Um, and he, <laughs> because it was a pen name, he would send it back. Um, person not known. <laughs> like he just got really crusty about it. <laughs> I can't remember why I was going there, but oh, where were we before I went off on that tangent? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that might get cut. I don't know where we were. He was full of contradiction. Yeah, he was. He was full of contradictions. I feel like there was a point to that, but maybe it was just a weird <laughs> thing that my brain was like, you need to say this. I'm like, okay, brain. Yeah. And then I turn around. I'm like, now what brain? And my brain's like, nothing. You know, I just wanted to make you look like a jerk. <laughs> it's like that Chris Farley <laughs> and, the, and, and Paul McCartney. Remember that song he sang? Hey Jude. Paul McCartney's like, yeah. He's like, that was cool. Oh yeah, yeah. He's an interviewer. He's an interviewer. Sometimes I feel like that as an interviewer. Sometimes it's a it's a subject that does not give you much to work with, and you're like, okay, take it away. Anything that I can say to get you to say more than two words to me. Kids are hard. Kids are hard. And when I was at the paper, and we'd have like a kid, like a story about you know a school accomplishment or something, anything with a kid. I'd always hope that the parents were there because there were definitely many times where I'd ask a question and I'd smile through the answer. And then I'd look at dad, like elaborate, (laughs) please (laughs) give me something. (laughs) I need more to work with. Yeah. Yeah. My brain is definitely testy like that. It'll be like, here's a really good idea. And then I'll turn around and be like, tell me more brain. And it's like, I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I led you off down the path in these characters. <laughs> Goddamn Cheshire Cat, my brain is. <laughs> Figure it out, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an Alice tattoo. I have so many tattoos I never got. I never really got any literary tattoos. And it's. I think it's because, God, I could have my entire body just covered in quotes. At this point, the only tattoos I want are words. I want, I want passages tattooed on all of the empty parts <laughs> that that's you but trying to figure out which ones to pick and then feeling bad about the ones that I didn't pick I don't know if I could do it I don't know if I could even afford <laughs> what it would cost to have a representative bibliography on my body <laughs> but I would if I had the money I'd be in there every day <laughs> Just give authors and page numbers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I could probably create my own language that's like a cryptic, like authors and page numbers and spells message. (laughs) (laughs) Like people used to communicate in the newspapers in like the 1890s. (laughs) Personal ads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Why can't that be a thing anymore? To the jackoff who pulled in front of me in the Tim Hortons line on Tuesday. You suck. (laughs) I I would just fill the entire page. I'd be like, listen, here's all the interactions I've had this week that don't mean anything that I've been spending way too much time obsessing over. Man for whom I did not hold the door at the supermarket. My profuse apologies. I was distracted by... Feminist revision. That was wonderful. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely me. <laughs> oh. 
what should we do for our next topic? I can't think of, I don't know. Hmm. We're always open to requests. Mm -hmm. That is true. We need a request. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about animal characters. Maybe it's time to start looking at some animal characters. Lady and the Tramp. The girls wanted to watch Lady and the Tramp. And I'm like, that to me was more of a depressing one. I felt like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I hated the cats in that movie. <laughs> we are Siamese, if you please. <laughs> yeah, they were dicks. Despise them. <laughs> I've never liked Siamese cats because that movie, I always just, I get this yeah. feeling of icky in my tummy. Yeah. Whenever I see them, I'm just like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> I don't know why I'm reminded of him. He seemed like a that poor cat, though. He wasn't evil. Dr. Evil was evil. He was like, mm -hmm. God, I have no control over who adopts me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hmm. We'll have yeah, to think of some. Give that some thought. Yeah. Was there any, like, I've said everything that I feel the need to say about Alice, but I don't want, I want you to tell me too. like, what, what else did you have? If anything, I mean, no pressure. If you didn't, that's fine too, but I just don't want to like, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I just, I, I love this movie for the escape factor. Mm -hmm. um, just because everything seems so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's just, sometimes it's fun to be ridiculous, um, and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, just have fun. Uh, yeah. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I always loved about it. Yeah. It is fun. It is fun. The flamingos aren't fun. Oh gosh, that one that I was that's what I was just watching before I came down the hill to talk to you. It was the, the final scene where she's playing croquet with the queen and you know, Queen's flamingo and hedgehog do everything they can to make sure that she wins and then uh everybody conspires against Alice. But when the flamingo is like oh, I'm gonna loosen my neck up here and then I'm and then he's trying to croquet with her and she's like, Come here and she grabs him by the neck. I'm like, get him, get him, hit the hedgehog. <laughs> like I want to play croquet mm -hmm. with hedgehogs mm -hmm. and flamingos. Yeah, there should be a croquet set like that. I feel like the little plastic there hedgehog balls and flamingos. Yeah, this needs to happen. Mattel, call me up. Collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get rich. Yeah, dude, I'm trying everything I can think of here. <laughs> Nothing's working out. <sighs> Tired. My hustles aren't working out here. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. We'll figure. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Hopefully get through the holidays and I want to interview Bill and Mary because they, their story is so cool. It's um, when they first got married, they weren't going to have kids. And then later on, like they had been married almost 20 years when they had their first child or the, wow. then the only child. Um, but they had just made the decision. Finally, like they had done all the things that they wanted to do. And they were like, okay, if it happens, it happens. And it did. And it's just so cool. I've, I've never really talked to somebody who's had 20 years of marriage with the same person under their belt when it just, they decided to leave it up to fate and have a kid. How much history you have with that person? It, I, I'm curious if that makes it easier or harder to then have yeah. a newborn added in. Does it? Uh, it seems like it would make it easier because you've had 20 years with this person and you've developed like this rapport that has kept you together for 20 years. But does it make it easier or does that make it harder? Because I feel like having a kid forces you to change as a person. So that'll that be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious if that 20 years is a help or a hindrance. Or just a different perspective. And then I want to talk to you. You have some stuff to talk about too. Maybe yes, that should I be do. our next one. You've got mm -hmm. some shakeups in the family <laughs> structure. Hmm. I'm excited <laughs> to hear from you about that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, whenever you want to do that, let me know whenever you're ready. Okay. Whenever you feel like you're ready to talk about it, you know what I mean? could be soon. Mm-hmm. It could be you need more time to think. So just I'll leave that up to you. And when you're ready, you get a hold of me and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll figure out a day. Got it. That one will be awesome. So enjoy your sausage stuffing. I've already <laughs> been downtown and I'm not excited about having to fight human beings for celery. That is the only thing that I need to buy, I think. Unless I get, I might get stuff for corn pudding too. What's your biggest family recipe? Like what's your, what's your most treasured family recipe? Um, this soup that we make, um, it's Italian wedding soup is yeah. what the, the average person calls it. We call it scuttle. Yeah. Um, um, it's my, my grandmother was, um, hundred percent Italian. Nice. So, um, we would make scuttle for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, when I took over doing Christmas dinners a few years ago, it fell to me to start making the the scuttle. Mm-hmm. And the recipe was never written down, but oh. we found a recipe um, by uh, Lydia um, mm-hmm. Bess Deanna Check it. It's <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so I have her cookbook where with the um the recipe that she uses is like it tastes exactly like my grandmother's. Oh story. good. Um so I'm not making it for Thanksgiving, much to <laughs> their chagrin, but <laughs> I'll make it for Christmas. I'm not doing I'm not doing it for Christmas and Thanksgiving. It is just too much entirely too much. Yeah. It takes the entire day. Yeah. To make this so mm-hmm. yeah no turkeys also take an entire day and that's an entire second appliance i can't that's nope you get one big I got, thing i got a breast this year because there's only six of us so i was like yeah. whatever we're doing a turkey breast we're not doing a whole turkey yeah and i have not done a turkey um really? since i want to say maybe 2004 really um <laughs> It is the Thanksgiving that we refer to as lunch meat Thanksgiving. Ooh, wow. I love that it even has a title. It's a, That's it a does. story. It um <laughs> so it was it was my first time like doing actual Thanksgiving, but we were doing it for just our family. Yeah. Um, just my kids. And at the time it was just the older three. Um so I think Trace was Trace was four, Mike was six, and John was eight. Yeah. So, um, I had never done a whole turkey before and, um, the turkey had not finished defrosting. Like I took it out in enough time. Yeah. Um, defrosting in the fridge, but it didn't defrost enough. Yeah. Um, and I cooked that same thing all day. Yeah. And it got to like six o'clock, seven o'clock. It was not cooking. Oh no. Um, So my husband's like, so what are we going to eat? And I said, look, I have a container of butterball lunch meat in the fridge for the boys' lunch for school. Yeah. And I have a can of gravy. <laughs> so so um, we warmed it up. We warmed it up. We warmed it up. <laughs> with, with, and, and, you know, I put it in a pot and I, I warmed up the... the lunch meat mm-hmm. and the gravy mm-hmm. and we put it out dinner's ready <laughs> i had everything else my older john is, is sitting at the table and he's like wow mom how did you get a slice so thin <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those yeah thanksgiving stories that <laughs> just <laughs> We retell it every year. I love it. I love it. Remember lunch meat Thanksgiving? <laughs> lunch meat Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, so like in the midst of of all of the upheaval mm-hmm. happening here, um, we recounted the story last night. Yeah. I just laughed, laughed and laughed. Oh. I love it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Those so are the cute. things that I don't know. I don't have a, a huge, really cohesive family, so I don't I don't have a lot of that. Those are the things that I covet. <laughs> Those like inside jokes and stories and funny times. I got stories. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you should just have a story hour. YouTube yeah. story hour. <laughs> I would literally get a rug and sit on it and just watch. <laughs> story circle. <laughs> all right we'll figure out a day let me know when you okay, want to okay. talk about your family stuff and then we'll figure out oh maybe we can take to twitter and sort of request some animal characters to, to look at yeah. and then go from yeah, there right. as to what we're gonna rather than pick them and try to force a, a issue or a theme just let yeah. people suggest and, and connect the dots as we go that works okay cool right on yeah have a fun rest of your day get that get that turkey yeah. out <laughs> it's defrosting right now yay <laughs> dang That's... no lunch meat this year no lunch meat this year oh i'll take a picture of some lunch meat